Hey, Philip, would you like to hear a concussion joke? Uh, sure. A guy walks into a bar. <laughs> uh, the thing I love about all of these is like, um, they like so many of them have this, like, I should have known that uh, feeling to them. <laughs> yes. Like I, I go at the end and be like that. I really should have been able to guess that, but I just couldn't in the moment. Well, and like, I'm a hack and a fraud as a comedian. I don't make my own jokes. I go to Google and I Google these jokes like five seconds before we start recording. And on this one, when I Googled concussion jokes, what I got was pages and pages of boomer cartoons making fun of the fact that kids today aren't playing football because parents are worried about concussions, which is just so visually relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Oh, man. But unfortunately well I, I say unfortunately this isn't a visual medium my perspective it's not a visual medium because i hate youtube um um well yeah i was about to say <laughs> unless you're on youtube which you get to see our gorgeous faces <laughs> yes on you know i think in my case a crisp 720p yeah same uh, yeah same here plus a mysterious <laughs> death beam coming right through the middle of my screen i don't know what that's about i couldn't get rid of it it's the light bulb up there it just just is get it you have to buy a ring light now and <laughs> just assume every time i have said something dumb philip has set phasers to stun and that is just <laughs> right exactly <laughs> tommy's in a real star trek mood lately he's been playing uh, star trek online <laughs> you know we're gonna have an upcoming episode about video games and we need to talk about my problem with star trek online right now when that comes up <laughs> I don't want to do a whole tangent, but for what it's worth, like uh, seeing you post about it uh, has got me to actually like download it and try it out. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how fleet actions work in that game, but if you ever want a fleet action, it, but this is not paid for by Star Trek Online, so let's let's screak the brakes on that <laughs> real quick. <laughs> However, Star Trek Online, if you happen to be listening. <laughs> yeah, I will take, we will your take sponsors. Okay. Yeah, whether or not I complain about you uh, in horrific language on the show is here or there, but I'll take your money. Uh, so this is why we can't get sponsors because we're not nice <laughs> to corporations. <laughs> um, but no, what we are <laughs> going to talk about today is we're going to be very unnice to a corporation that people don't like to think of as a corporation. Uh, and that is the NFL, uh, but also this whole like framework of football in our society. Um, now, and so my, this is a topic that I have felt very strongly about as soon as I was going to have kids was like, well, I know one thing they ain't fucking doing um, because of just, you know, yeah, I, I worked in parks and recreation. This was actually a pretty relevant thing to talk about. And it's just, it, uh, there's so much to unpack here. But also, um, it's really relevant right now because of the situation that happened over the weekend where a football player was struck in the chest and uh, had a uh, some form of car cardiac event um, and is in critical condition. Uh, and we don't know how that's going to turn out yet. It was a horrific thing to see on the field. Uh, they did CPR for like nine minutes, canceled the game. Uh, players went like back to the, like, well, actually, so the, the players went back to the locker room uh, and like 
removed their pads. They were done playing, but the uh, NFL themselves had not actually canceled the game until it just became clear that the players were not going to come back out and finish that game. Um, so all of that said, that's kind of where this got triggered for me, where I was like, hey, Philip, we got to do a pod. We need to do a podcast about this because it is, I think, a big parental question that I think a lot of people are kind of working their way around um, in our generation as parents. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, you know, when I Googled concussion jokes, I'm finding just walls of people making fun of people our age, not wanting kids to play football because we're coddling them by not wanting to smash children's heads together at the speed of a low frequency car accident. We're coddling our children. Um, so yeah, uh, let's start this off. Yeah, with just like, just like, because we're not spanking them that it's we're not disciplining our children mm-hmm. the only discipline is is force and the only uh the only uh you know resilience building is uh blunt force trauma to the head yeah so let's begin this uh with getting some things out in the open and clear first of all do you and this is kind of a two-part <clears throat> question um, I'll let you answer and then I'll answer. Do you sure. want your kids to play organized football? Uh, no, uh, for me, it's very data driven. Uh, it's very, very clear what the long-term medical effects are for kids or for people that play football. Um, not just the risk. Like I understand there's a degree of injury risk in any sport. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you go to the contactlessness, you know, like the most contactless sport imaginable and find someone who accidentally had some kind of contact and got a really horrible injury and, you know, point out that like, you know, you can't play sports and not get injured. And I, I recognize that like my kids do Taekwondo. So like, (laughs) that's not a, uh, like, obviously I am not afraid of my kids experiencing pain or getting, you know, injured in some way. Um, because, you know, sparring is not a, (laughs) is not a, uh, activity that is not, that has no, uh, propensity for injury. But I think the data is pretty clear when it comes to, uh, football. And we're talking about for uh, the offhand chance we have any inter- uh, international viewers, uh, we're talking about like American football, uh, here, but, uh, the data is pretty clear when you look at the stuff for, uh, American football, the life expectancy is absolutely awful compared to, population um the types of injuries are debilitating and severe and um it's just uh it's not something that i want to see my kid i don't want to outlive my kid and if they played football there's a very there's a much higher chance than i'd like there to be that that would happen yeah, and I'm, you know, and like with this question, I specified organized football because I want to like be very clear. We're talking about um, Mighty Mites, high school, college, professional football, like organized football leagues, not just like, you know, on Thanksgiving, are you going to go out and play touch football with uh, the cousins? Like, oh, that's yeah. a different kind of thing, obviously. And I think, you know, one of the things is when we talk about like um, injury in football, and first off, before I get too far down this, um, I also do not want my kids basically ditto on everything you just said. I do not want my kids playing football um, because of all the reasons you said and because of the risk of injury that's involved in that. 
isn't like, so I do fencing. Um, I, in the past, I've actually, I've done some really dangerous hobbies. I've, uh, I used to race cars. Um, and in automotive racing, there is a high degree of risk, right? Especially the way I did it, because we didn't really have roll cages and stuff. We, you know, it was a little more off the books. Um, <laughs> I, this I didn't know about you. We'll have to, we'll have to off camera uh, expound on that some more sometime, but. Yeah, my 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 early or my late teens uh, were very like you know first movie of Fast and the Furious esque, except with much less money and a lot more stupidity, um, which is a low a high bar of stupidity. Anyways, to the point, like in those activities, you know, and I mean, I would not be happy if my kid took up street racing. That was an illegal activity I did as a teenager. That I would not be happy with my kid doing that being said, I still actually don't think the risk there is the same as it is for football. I actually think football's worse because in football, we're talking about a systemic repeated function of it. It's not even a risk. It's a function like head injuries are a function of how the game is played. Like CTE is discussing how these repeated minor to moderate head impacts over a lifetime play out into this disease it's not even about like oh one day you might hit your head wrong and you're gonna have a problem or you somebody might hit your chest too hard and your heart's gonna stop it's you know i mean like in in car racing there was a risk of having an accident and horrible thing happening to you in fencing which is the sport i do now it's there really is actually extremely low risk in fencing. Really the highest risk of fencing is a foil uh, or a blade breaking and then the broken blade. Like like I've, I've seen a, a fencer before who had a broken blade went into his forearm uh, and severed a couple of like several nerves and he didn't have use of his arm and was not able to fence, of course, anymore. And he lost use of one arm um, through that injury. That's a risk injury. Like that's a risk thing that exists. But fencing in and of itself, a lifetime of fencing isn't going to generally cause um, an injury like CTE. Um, like there is some joint injuries that are attributed to certain types of sport fencing that I don't do because of that. What, but, sorry, can you inform me and potentially some of our audience uh, what CTE stands for? Um, so yes, and I should have that oh, ready. <laughs> I, uh, I assume you off fan chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Oh God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, oh, um, encephalopathy, uh, Encephal I, encephalopathy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Medical yeah. terms. We, yeah. so it's a progressive brain condition that is thought to be caused by repeated blows to the head and repeated episodes of concussion. It's something that doesn't have a whole lot of great research, uh, I mean, not it, it's something that's kind of new to us. Like we're new to understanding in medical science. And it is something that is um, uh, the first, like from what I understand, the first two places they've really documented it is in professional wrestling and football and in military service. Uh, military service being the um, overpressure of like artillery rounds and stuff like that, repeated exposure to that. Uh, football, of course, it's head impacts and same thing with wrestling, repeated head impacts. Um and so, and like, yeah, so like fundamentally, we're not even talking about just 
a risk of a bad thing that might happen to you. We're talking about the sport functions in this way that injures people in the same way that like, you know, it used to be really common that we would have teenage uh, boys participate in boxing. Like, you know, there, you know, every like school would have boxing as a thing. And we've pretty much stopped doing that because we realized that, again, like this, and I think actually CTE pops up in boxers. There's a number of like chronic injuries that appear in boxing, uh, that boxing is just really hard on your body. Nothing wrong with it for adults to participate in it and do, um, consensually, but, not a great thing for us to send 12 year old 12 year olds out to go do and we eventually came to the realization of that and we a stopped doing it and b when kids do participate in boxing there's a lot more safety equipment involved so all of that said that's yeah i agree with you and that was my added element of it now the other part two of that question would you allow your kids to play organized football because i think this is a little different than the first part of the question you know do you want them to do it and then would you allow them to do it so like you know there's lots of things i wouldn't necessarily want uh my child to do but if they really had their head set to it and were like look i'm gonna do this whether you want me to or not would i stop them that's a lot harder <clears throat> Um, and it depends a little bit on the age at which it's being asked, you know, um, like one of my kids was 16, right? Some like around that age and was saying, I really, really want to play football. <laughs> um, it'd be a little bit late to get started. Um, but Man, that's tough because like on the one hand, like, you know, like for, I guess for me going to principles, I would need to be, I would need, they would need to be old enough that I could have a conversation with them about the risks of that and be confident that they fully understood it. I'm a little bit saved in that, like, just knowing my children, (laughs) uh, I don't think they're ever going to ask to do that. Um, And I think that if I explained the risk to them, they would probably stop asking. Um, But still, yeah, I think if they were very adamant about it and they were old enough that I could, and I'm not sure I'd have to do a lot of like thinking and like reading up on specifically developmental type stuff to be confident about it. But like, if I was sure that they could really understand the risks and, you know, I could talk to them about the, you know, long-term effects and all that stuff. And they could, and I felt like they understood that and they were thinking about that and it's like, yeah, it's still, this is like really important to me. I still want to do it. Um, I would, you know, I don't think I would stop them. Yeah. And I, I think I generally agree. I, you know, I think it is agreed much harder of a, like a much harder decision as they get older. And as you're able to have that conversation with them, I think it's a much easier conversation when they're younger and it's like, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's a no. There are certain things, um, you know, this is just not, you can't play in the street. (laughs) You can't play in the street where there's cars and you can't play football. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and I, uh, well, I mean, you know, like, you know, uh, 
there's some sports that you're not going to have access to just by a variety of reasons, you know, and, and that's where a conversation like this can happen. I mean, like, you know, uh, automotive racing, like sanctioned automotive racing, there's like oddly young kids sometimes that participate in that. And there's like, you know, kid, well, young kids, young kids that participate in go-kart racing. And I have mixed feelings about that, but my kid probably won't participate in it just because I know that shit's expensive and you know, we'll have a, you know, if they wanted to get into that, it'd be like, I'm sorry, bud, but I can't afford that sport. So like. if you want Tommy's kid to be able to do go-kart racing, you can donate to the Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash racing. <laughs> um, you know, and so football is obligatory kind of a... mid mid episode call to action, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not that we've ever done that, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So football in some ways kind of lands in the same way for me when they're young. If it's like, look, there's, you know, no, it's not an open season there are other things you can get interested in maybe spend some time doing when you're older we'll have this discussion again and that's yeah i think mighty might football hard no um part and one of the reasons for that is that i really don't want them engaging in football culture um and and i you know and this is going to be one that's hard because um there's a lot of football fans in my uh in-laws more among my in-laws like god it's already came up like on thanksgiving you know you know um and my son is looking at anything that is shiny and you know looking at the tv while the football game is going and my father-in-law is like uh, uh oh uh, he likes watching that football he's gonna be a football player i'm just like <laughs> no um he can be a cheerleader but not a football player um and I know there's going to be a lot of that kind of pressure that happens. Um, so that's a thing to deal with. But also, like, I just fundamentally don't want him to get entered into this. Because, like, other sports are just sports. Soccer, it's just a sport. It's an activity. It's an after-school thing you engage in. Maybe you get really into the soccer stuff and you're, like, traveling around doing it. Same thing with fencing. Like, you know, they get really into sport fencing. We might be traveling a ton, spending a bunch of money on getting their fencing certifications and they're getting all into fencing, but it's not a system in the way that football is. Football specifically drags specifically kids from lower and working class families into a huge grift that is to say, look, the only way you're going to be able to succeed is if you participate in the gladiatorial arena for us. So yeah. you have to perform for us in the high school level and then at the college level. And then there's like, it gets sold to the parents that the end game is the college level. Look, this is how your kid's going to get into college. And then it gets sold to the kids. And then this is how you're going to become famous and in the NFL. And you're going to be just like all your favorite stars. And, and as some, like, I'll just say as someone who lives in a college town that has, had a fairly successful college football team. Uh, like it's actually like pretty insidious the way that they do this, where like they, you know, they sell it to the parents as like, this is a free ride, you know, like you go, you get really good at football and then you get to go get your higher education for free while playing a game. That's fun, you know? And <clears throat> sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe they get recruited. And they, you know, get to be a professional athlete. And if not, they get a free way to college and they get a successful career after that. So beyond all the criticisms you can make about how the whole, like, getting a college degree is a guaranteed, you know, excellent 
paying job grift that was levied on our generation. Uh, the, um, the other, the, the, the darker side of this is that like when it comes to the kids, the football players are drowned in like, you got to come to practice. You got to come to drills. You got to get, you got to, you know, go do this. Well, you got to be ready to, um, chart, uh, to travel and go to away games. And like the schedule of it is so demanding that they're often encouraged to just take whatever is like kind of a, the lowest, you know, effort degree they can muster. And then the football department or whatever, like whatever they call themselves, like the football program, I guess, like puts tons of pressure on the academic side of the university to ease up on the athletes. So like, you know, don't give them all this homework. Don't give them all these responsibilities. We need them for the game. Like, you know, that basically sabotages the little, the, the, the tiny amount of education that they were going to get in the first place by removing all need to actually succeed in the class or sometimes even attend. So like, it's this, it's a really ugly sort of scenario because like they sell it to the parents on like your kid will be able to go to college for free and get a good education. And then immediately uh, like once they're in the program, sabotage that education so that they can use them for football and provide being good at football to be their only path forward because they're not even getting the college education. And I don't know what the statistics are on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a good chunk of these college football players, even the ones that don't go on to be professionals don't end up with degrees in the end. Yeah. And I mean, and, and one of the things that I think is super insidious here that I, a lot of people disagree with me on is uh, that there is something wrong in how kids in this system are convinced in one way or another, like the, the, I'm going to get into the NFL. Like the number of times, like when, when I worked in the South side of Oklahoma city and we would have kids like, you know, teenagers would walk into our center and we were like trying to like spur the right kind of programs that they would be into and stuff. So we, we started like kind of, you know, just dropping questions on these kids. They come in and like, Hey, what do you want to do? What's your plan? Like first year out of high school, what are you doing next year? And like, you know, eight guys would walk in and all eight of them would be like, Oh, I'm going to be in the NBA. <laughs> and in this case, we're talking about basketball because it was a basketball rec center. But, um, you know, and it, and I, you know, it reached a point where I would just start stopping these guys and being like, well, shit, I'm sitting in the like most insane room on in the country right now. Then I've got 10 future NBA players in the same room at the same time. This is unheard of. Like all of you from one high school, that's insane. Can you think of another high school where like <laughs> this many kids in the same We should same just start the team now. <laughs> and you know, and it's like and I'm the last person that wants to crush a bunch of poor working class kids' dreams. But this isn't a dream that they're given. It's a grift. It's a, Hey, if you, if you perform for me out in the, um, Thunderdome 
um, in the end, you'll get to be in Thunderdome where people get famous. And, like, that whole process is cooked, right? Like, you get into that professional level through random chance and through, like, I mean, even when it's not chance, it's luck. <laughs> like, you know, because, I mean, like, even when it's you yeah. had a really good game, you had a fantastic game, and they were there watching, somebody got good video of it, you were highlighted in in the on camera. The light hit you just right. Everybody, you know, like everybody else and, around you well as a team. And um, you happen to be like have an exceptional talent for, you know, whatever sport we're talking about here. Yeah. You happen to be the right height. You happen to have the right build. You happen to like have the right arm span. Like this, this is, is... <laughs> Sorry, it's random tangent. This is actually the thing that that baffles me the most when people talk about like the fairness of trans people in sports. And I'm like, you look at Michael Phelps and tell me that that's goddamn fair that that man was born with literal flippers. <laughs> Come on. Like the whole sport is like filled with genetic abnormalities and like weird happenstances of like physical bodies that that got given certain talents or whatever and like it's just so dumb to me that like people are like it's not it's like this is good like this hormone thing is gonna like ruin the fairness of the sport and it's like so we don't have a standardized body which means that we're already in the business of allowing people to come in with advantages over other players based on how they were born what a dumb argument (laughs) anyway yes and yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I mean, and on all of this, I think I've been almost kind of working around in this because um, I think it also applies to a lot of the communities I grew up in. But also, we see this, this, this entire framework and construct specifically targeted at black and brown communities. Football teams and basketball teams are predominantly black and brown, coached and owned by predominantly white people. Um, it's a bunch of, it, it is a bunch of minority kids performing for white people, white audiences and white owners for the chance at an education and the hope of never having to worry about finances or respect again. It is so which, fundamentally toxic and flawed. Which also is a grift because mm-hmm. they're often giving these kids who have not received an education, do not know how to handle a, a, an average income, much less a significantly above average one who often just like don't have any con- grew up poor and have like this concept of like a million dollars is essentially infinite money. And then like often completely blow all the money that they make on you know, frivolous things, not helped by all the head injuries they received to be able to evaluate those purposes rationally. Only the ones that happen to get someone to convince them to to hire some kind of finance manager or whatever to handle all their stuff end up walking away with never having to concern themselves with finances again. And to be clear, that's because 
just about anybody having a massive amount of money dropped on them. Like there's a ton of data that shows this and like lottery and stuff like that. When people yeah. have a butt ton of money dropped on them, it doesn't go well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't solve their problems. Um, and, to, to me, I imagine this whole system as a sort of like <clears throat> diamond press, right? You put a whole, like th- this is why they keep selling the dream to to so many people that they know ahead of time cannot all possibly make it. They know that the acceptance rate is extremely low, but they just need to put enough carbon into the press. And eventually you get one diamond out of that and all the other carbon that falls by the wayside during the pressing process and all that stuff, like gets like, they don't care. Like whatever happens to them, they're relevant. They have their diamond and they move on. And like, it requires the pressure it requires the fuel to keep this going and it's uh if a bunch of kids end up with uh broken futures as a result of that they don't care because they walk away with the player that fills the slot that they had open in the team the next year and then there's a fresh new batch of 18 year old kids lined up to do the same thing next year. And I'll say something else. One of the reasons our society loves it is because it allows us to pat ourselves on the back with, we've given the opportunity and and we now, and I'll say we, this is also very much mirrored in management chasing and professional culture, right? So there is only a limited number of managerial jobs there can possibly be. Only so many people can be in administration. You can't have 90% of a company as managers because then who the fuck is actually doing any of the work? You know, in this case, it's just 90% of uh, poor working class communities can't be in the NFL because we just don't need that many NFL players. But once you create that system and you can... And, and it is supposedly based on your skills, well, then you're able to just point at anybody who is struggling as, well, they just didn't try hard enough. I mean, if poverty exists in minority communities in America, I mean, they all had the opportunity to become professional athletes. They just didn't try hard enough. And I mean, and that sounds comedic when it's laid out like that, but I've seen it framed this exact kind of way, often from the inside, from people in poor working class communities who will say, you know, I mean, like even they'll say it about themselves. You know what? I had my opportunity. Uh, You know, I mean, all of my problems are my fault because I blew out my knee when I was 17 and I wasn't able to go pro. Like the number of times I've heard that conversation Oh yeah, this is the reason I can't stand uh, like all the singing competition shows and stuff. For they're exactly the same. You get people on there who, you know, get get on there and they 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 milk a sob story out of them, and then like one out of ten of them gets picked, and then that person they frame that person as like, you know, amazing this amazing story, and then they go. Uh, you know, they get them on camera. They say like, all I, like all I want to tell everyone now that I've been picked on this show is like, you know, it really is just like, you got to go follow your dreams. Just like, you know, give it your shot type of thing. Like give every, like, you know, translated to uh more straightforward language, right? Like give your entire life, your blood, sweat and tears and your future in some cases 
to the grindstone of fame, you know, famous job. And uh, so that we can continue to have enough material to put through the machine so that we can pick one out of a, a hundred thousand of them each year to actually be a star. And then the rest of them can get tossed aside. And then, you know, justifying ideology comes in to say like, yeah, well, you know, uh, I should have gotten some voice lessons or yeah, I should have been more careful with my knee or, you know, that kind of stuff. People justify it to themselves because they don't want to understand themselves in some ways that's understandable uh, as victims of a giant massive machine that is grinding them up like meat through a sausage maker uh and because that's a that's sort of a horrifying thing to come to terms with um i nearly fell into this trap like when it came to being like a professional musician like i well i practiced a lot uh singing I was like the lead in uh, an opera and I was like, you know, debating about going musical theater or doing like violin performance and all this kind of stuff and all these things. But I guess in a way I kind of got lucky and I also fell in love with technology and it was certainly of such a high in demand skill in the market, like, you know, software developers, you know, make such an easy comfortable sort of living that it ended up being like the thing that i decided like oh i'll do this um because it's reliable and that mattered to me as well but you know if i didn't happen to stumble upon that opportunity and you know didn't happen to have a family that i had computers from a young age and kind of like technology already and all that kind of stuff like i could very easily have gotten caught in sort of the the you know follow your dreams sort of trap yeah and i mean one of the one of the elements of this too that has hit me in in that is the same like late teenage me high school me uh i was a rapper i i did hip-hop i produced a number of albums i my plan my goal in high school was that i was gonna be famous after high school i was gonna be a famous rapper i was gonna come back and i was gonna build stuff in my community i was gonna do stuff for my community i wanted to build drag uh like drag strips uh that like were um so so that like people could race legally um people like me could race legally so that there would be an outlet. Because, I mean, like, it was a rural area. Like, we did this dumb illegal shit because we had literally nothing else to do. I wanted to fix that that systemic issue in my community. But I was going to do it by becoming rich and wealthy, by being famous. And after I went to college, really, like, my mid-20s, and I really just dropped off of doing music anymore, um, I intermittently kind of struggled with, like, both outside perceptions you know people who i ran into who knew me during those days who was like oh are you still doing stuff whoa yo you're not why and then also internally i would ask myself why am i not doing stuff anymore i'm not trying anymore i'm, I'm i've missed my dreams i didn't chase my dreams hard enough i didn't do the thing i was supposed to be famous it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that that's not the point of doing music. That's not why I should have been doing it in the first place. And it's not why I'm proud of having done it. I am proud as shit about what I did in my, about the music that I produced and the, the time I spent doing it um, because I was creating and it was, that was a creative journey for me that I hope to, you know, is 
I age and as I do other things in life, I go on other creative journeys. The point isn't fame and uh, competition. The point is personal development and improvement and being the best I could be. I got the best I could be as a hip hop artist. I did the best I could do with that. Um, and then I moved on to doing other stuff that has led me to where I am today and who I am today, who I'm pretty fucking happy with. Um, and I think, and that's one of the fundamental things too, that I just dislike about football. I think football encapsulates so much of this competition over cooperative, uh, cooperation, uh, framework and hegemony in our society, um, that it just, I don't like the lessons that it teaches. And I mean, we talk so much about like, well, kids got to play sports, got to play football in order to learn these lessons. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think in this, like, I think there are things to learn in sports. I like doing fencing. I think fencing has lessons. I think a lot of sports have lessons. I don't think either of us are anti-sports. Your kids do sports. Uh, you do Taekwondo. Yep. I do, you know, like, you know, people, my, my child is four months old. He doesn't do any sports right now, but, um, I'm sure he will eventually. Um, there are lessons to be learned. I just, I don't like the ones that football is out here teaching of uh, competition and, and hierarchical leadership and, uh, bro culture shit. Um, yeah, but that about wraps up the time we have for today. Those are all things we want to talk about, but those are for the future. I think, uh, talking about hierarchical leadership, bro culture, um, competition versus cooperation. That's all some stuff for some future episodes. I think if you have anything like along the lines of that, that you would love us for us to talk about, shoot us a message somewhere out there on the internet. If you found this, I'm sure you can find us on the internet. Um, where do you know that we can find us on the internet, Philip? Well, uh, <clears throat> we are on YouTube at youtube.com. Uh, search, search for raise them left. I don't think we have one of those channel URLs yet, but um, uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash raise them left. If you want to support us there, uh, people there will get <clears throat> episodes early and uh, you can even at some level uh, explicitly just decide that we're Tommy and I are going to talk about something. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. We have a discord community that you can join uh, where we talk about parenting stuff. Um, but you should be able to find us at all places that podcasts can be found, you know, uh, iTunes and, uh, you know, everywhere. Uh, so yeah, check us out there and, uh, let us know if there's anything that you want us to talk about, or if you have any thoughts about, you know, sports and what yeah, you would allow your kids to do. Agreed. Thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, night, or whatever other time of day it is. Thank you.